When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. And Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, the Horn. The lineup of the pistol, directly behind Quinn Ewers. Is B. John Robson gets the carry. 35 30 breaks it outside. Then inside to the 20. 15 10 5. Touchdown, Texas. B. John Robinson takes it in for the score, and the Longhorn strike first. Line up in a slot on the open side of the field to the right, and now we'll put two tight ends out there as well on first and goal. Jalil Billingsley out there as a tight end. Handoff, Roshan Johnson to the five. Row to the goal line. Touchdown, Texas. Roshan Johnson takes it across from nine yards out. Two possessions, two Texas touchdowns. Outstanding answer, and again, that left side, and Jalil Billingsley out there leading the way. Robinson offset to the right side of Quinn Ewers from the right hash mark. Third down, shotgun snap to Ewers with some time. Sends it to the end zone, got a man open, caught, touchdown Texas. Or did he catch it? Yes, he did. Xavier Worthy in the back of the end zone for the score. And the Longhorns have three drives and three touchdowns. Yeah, you're right, Craig. It was a little bobble, but he still was able to get that foot down. Wildcats ready to snap it on first down. Snap goes back to Martinez. Sends it over. Middle intercepted. Jalen Ford. Ford to the 40. Here's Jalen to the 30. And he'll take it down on the 27-yard line. First interception of the season for Adrian Martinez. What a time for it. Jalen Ford with the pick and an 18-yard return. Third and goal for Texas at the Kansas State three-yard line from the right hash mark. Viewers from the shotgun. Bijan Robinson offset to his right. Has the snap. Quinn looks to throw. Still looks. Sends it back in the end zone. Caught. Touchdown, Texas. Xavier Worthy right on the back line of the end zone. His second touchdown catch in this first half. And the Longhorns take a big lead in the locker room coming up. Now the clock is moving on first down. Shotgun snap to Martinez. Looking. Steps up. And had the ball back loose. Ball loose. Longhorns have it. Jalen Ford recovers. Keandre Coburn knocked it loose. Jalen Ford has recovered, and the Longhorns can seal it now with a fumble recovery with 24 seconds remaining in the game. Now Ewers will take the snap. He'll put down the knee. Kansas State is not going to stop the clock. Longhorns are going to get the win here. What a win. What a ball game. And what a gritty, gutty effort to... Hold on and to come up with a turnover, and that was a forced fumble that Oviago or Keandre Coburn did to force it, and Jalen Ford recovered it. And the Longhorns have now won six in a row over the Kansas State Wildcats. A big one, no doubt about it. And the Longhorns now bowl eligible, more importantly, tied for second place in the Big 12 Conference standings. And guess who's coming to town this week? The team that sits in sole possession of first place. And in all probability, number four in the college football playoff rankings. We'll dive into all of that coming up here on Light the Tower. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. 
From the UT campus here on the Horn, 104.9, 1019, AM 1260. We're live local and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. My name is Craig Way. Glad to have you with us alongside. Always pleased to be joined by my co-host, the pride of Northwest Williamson County, a proud graduate of Florence High School. Always. They knew him as Highway 79 in his purple and white days for the Florence Buffaloes as an honorable mention, all district offensive linemen. But you know him best for his outstanding work at Horns 24-7. That would be Jeff Howe. How you doing? Relevant football in November is fun, isn't it, Craig? Yeah. Relevant football. That was actually a band that played at ACL Fest, I think, was ele- relevant ah. football. And and a guy who would have seen him would have been our producer uh, and uh, th- th- who uh, spent a marathon Friday night on the air doing his own version of, like, election returns. During erstwhile Bill producer. Bill. He was quite erstwhile on Friday. Uh, Jonathan John Donaldson, Jay, Jay Donaldson. We know him as Snoop Daniel. How you doing this morning, Snooper? Still tired from Friday, but uh, having fun. Yeah, that was that. That was a uh, that was a fun Friday. Uh, it was a strange Friday with the way things can always go in the final week of the regular season. And the storms just kind of added to uh, all of that. So there is much to get to on the program. Uh, coming up here in just a few minutes, we'll have our Whataburger Top Five Top Five High School Football Performances of the weekend as it heads into the uh, postseason. There isn't a tie for number five today, Snoop, but there is an honorable mention. Okay. So uh, I, I, sh- I should put that. It, it doesn't necessarily qualify as a top five, but it is worthy of mention. So we'll have that. Uh, Snoop, you're just happy to have an extra extra team mention, though, aren't that's you? That's right. In this um, case, it would be an extra two teams mentioned in an honorable mention. The game is the honorable mention in okay. this case. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll get to that. We have the first of our Longhorn Notebooks coming up. Uh, near uh, the bottom of the hour. Jeff will have that with the... Five plays that made a difference in the game. feels like about a month since (laughs) I've done one of these, but yeah, uh, yeah. five plays that made a difference in the game. So we'll have that. Uh, We'll have Inconceivable. Some unusual items for Inconceivable. And then at the top of the hour, we're back to uh, the top of the hour for the Coach Sark Weekly News Conference. Last week, uh, it was pushed back 30 minutes because of the open date, and they had had an alteration with their practice schedule. We're back on the regular schedule today, and we'll have the news conference with Coach Sark coming up the top of the hour. Hey, did you catch Inconceivable on Friday, by the way? I think I did. I think I I was – yeah, because it was like, you know, it was in the – uh, the hectic travel time. Where I, where I read off the story about the dude, the Tennessee prison inmate who lopped off his unit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was, I was kind of glad I wasn't there to uh, read that. <laughs> and what, wasn't there the smearing of excrement? Yeah. It was all yeah. kinds of, ugh. Yeah, so I was kind of glad I, I didn't have I just like to know what, what goes through your mind when you leave Snoop and I to our own devices for inconceivable when you're out. Uh, hey, when the cat's away, you know, it's okay. Uh, so uh, it, they call it inconceivable for a reason. Well, hey, Snoop, That's what so happened? It's, it was a Friday, so what happens on Friday? Flaccid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was not a flaccid Friday night, I can tell you that. Uh, we, we'll bring you the Sark hey, Press Conference, and uh, then we have a Longhorn Notebook second hour not football related for a very good reason talk a little hoops get you ready for uh season opener season tonight. opener tonight and talk a little hoops recruiting got a little uh-huh got some recruiting nuggets to get to yeah hardwood so uh all that and more uh coming up so let's uh not waste any further time of course jeff and i are down on the ut campus the sark press conference coming up uh at the top of the hour without further ado let's jump right into it with our whataburger top five 
It's time for the Whataburger Top 5. Okay, prepare to receive. Today's edition. Here we go. Top 5 performances of the weekend. Okay, um, so we got the top five performances of the weekend. Now, as I mentioned, we do not have a tie at number five. However, what we do have is an honorable mention. And I have to start off the honorable mention by asking uh, Snoop a question here. Snoop, you guys were on the air, you in specific, a long, long, long late night Friday night because of all of uh, the postponements uh, there was the cancellation of Lake Travis Bowie and you guys kept it on the air you did a fine job with that and there was the the live listen-ins it was kind of an NFL red zone of of high school football around the area so that was all pretty cool so what time did you actually sign off the air it was Saturday morning uh, because mm-hmm. I said oh by the way guys good morning right uh, right so right. I mean maybe 12 15. Okay, twelve fifteen. I, right. I pro- probably could have went on later, but yeah, you know why you could have gone on later? Because there was a game still going on involving an area school, yes. two area schools. Are you you know about what I'm talking Austin about? Austin Highdale Valley. That is our honorable mention, my friend. <laughs> Austin High and Dell Valley were playing all the way up to nearly one o'clock in the morning, and the reason why I know this is we were still on the air with High School Scoreboard Live. We came out of uh, a break, and I actually said on the air on live television, I, I had my phone, and I said, I said, Tep, to Greg Tepper, it's 12.52 a.m. right now, and there is still an Austin High and Dell Valley are headed to overtime. Now, they had actually headed overtime a few minutes prior to that, but that's yeah. when I saw it. And uh, and uh, crazy game. And Del Valley, I think, rallied back. Wasn't Austin High up 24-7 they that were, they, uh, they were up pretty big. And Del Valley rallies back to beat him in overtime, 37-31. So there is your honorable mention. Uh, Del Valley and Austin, they were both closing out the season, but they went at it tooth and nail. Uh, so I, I tip my hat to them. They They'll never forget that night, man. <laughs> yeah, there's a memory there, you know. So they play almost till 1 o'clock uh, in the morning there. Okay. Now, uh, on to number five. Number five uh, is, you ready for it again, Snoop? Another Lockhart shout-out. How about Lockhart beating Kerrville-Tivy 42-28? Uh, Impressive win uh, for the Lions to get that win and uh, headed headed for the playoffs. So, uh, I was – I was quite impressed with uh, what they did in uh, in that win. So Lockhart moves on and uh, gets ready for the uh, bi-district round of uh, the 5A Division II playoffs. They're playing San Antonio Burbank, and they're playing them at the Rock Pile on Friday night, Alamo Stadium. So uh, that's, that's who uh, Lockhart will play in the bi-district round, and that'll be on Friday night. Number four, how about Rouse handling its business? They go to Elgin and beat Elgin 42 to 23. Here's the the uh, fallout, if you will, from that. They're both, of course, in Region 3. Rouse, by virtue of that win, they needed to win by 10 or more, and they won by 19. Coupled with the uh, win for Belton, and they had to come from behind, Snoop. They were down Waco U, as you know. A lot yes. of that game came back. Waco U scored a touchdown late, went for two and got it and went up 29-28, 
and Belton comes back and kicks a field goal to win it. So Belton gets to win 31-29. So Belton is the district champ. That plus the Rouse win pushes Rouse into the two seed. So they play Crockett Friday night at Bible Stadium. The three seed now is uh, Waco U, and they play McCallum at House Park Friday night. So McCallum gets to host a first-round playoff game. Elgin slides to the four seed, and they're going to play LBJ, and that's at Nelson Field. A game, by the way, that you'll be able to hear Friday night on Coke FM. That's on Coke FM on a Friday night. Rodney Rodriguez will join Jason Soar for the call of that one. That is Friday night, 7.30 at I.I. Nelson Field. And you can hear it on Coke FM because the Texas women's basketball season opener will uh, be on 105.3 The Bat. So uh, you can uh, plan on that for Friday night. LBJ uh, in action in the by-district round of the playoffs against Elgin Friday night. All right. Number three, the Christmas ensued. In fact, I even hopped on with Snoop and the guys for a little bit just to try to do a little bit of, of explanation on what was going on in terms of the tie break because at the time, McNeil was up 28-13 on Cedar Ridge. And McNeil held a 15-point lead with five minutes to go in the game. And they were up eight with 90 seconds to go in the game. And Cedar Ridge scores, gets it overtime, and the Raiders win it in overtime. Love my man Wags. I, 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 I kiddingly, you know, as he was calling the play-by-play, I heard it right. I, I flipped over and heard him right when McNeil blocked the punt to go up 28-13, and Wags actually said, well, that ought to just about do it. That's going to end the playoff run. It certainly seemed that way. It's it certainly true. seemed that way. Yeah. And, and yet, Raiders came back. They got the win. They go to the playoffs. That coupled with the margin of defeat by Vista Ridge falling to Round Rock 51-10, and Cedar Ridge winds up as a plus six, and Vista Ridge uh, winds up as a minus five, and uh, Cedar Ridge winds up one. They play Westlake Thursday night uh, at Shap Stadium. Number two, Georgetown put it on Cedar Park 40-14. to uh, And I know at times you were checking in on that one, Snoop. Yes. Uh, Eagles looked really, really good. Now, they wind up in a three-way tie for the district title, and they do get a share of that district title. Uh, but, you know, uh, on the tie break, as a result of that, they wind up as the three seed. AM Consolidated draws the one seed. The two seed is College Station. Georgetown is the three seed. They play a very good Canyon team from down New Braunfels, and they're playing uh, in New Braunfels, and that is on Friday night. Cedar Park has to play Smithson Valley. Cedar Park, the four seed. Smithson, the one seed. Uh, that's at uh, the Rangers home stadium there in Spring Branch. And uh, and then, of course, the other two uh, uh, Brazos Valley schools get in there as well. All right. And the number one top performance of the weekend. Care to give a guess, Snoop, is what the top performance of the weekend was. Oh, gosh. Uh, there were so many, by the way. Mm-hmm. You're right. I mean, there was more drama in, Latin, in that one week. I think the entire season combined. Uh, let, me, let me let me give you a hint. Go ahead. Let me give you a hint. Did you see how Alabama LSU ended? No, I would have. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, LSU yeah. won the game when when they hit a two point conversion. Yeah, that wasn't good for our pick'em this week, Snoop. No. <laughs> they had the exact same scenario over in Eastern Williamson County, but the Taylor Ducks stopped Burnett's two-point conversion try, and Taylor, after being 
0-10 in back-to-back years in 19 and 20 or winless seasons is going to the playoffs. How about uh, Coach Brandon Houston's ball club? They win 41-40 over Burnett, and Taylor gets to go to the playoffs. Now, as I said Friday night on the show, they'll worry about facing undefeated and state-ranked Bernie tomorrow. I said, but right now they're going to celebrate it. Taylor Ducks headed for the postseason. So there it is, the Whataburger top five performances of the weekend. And an honorable mention involved there as well. It was a crazy Friday night, Snoop. Yeah, I, I want to say it was the craziest night of coverage I've had since I'd been doing flex in 2020. I, I don't recall a crazier night. And I would really have to think hard about – I'm sure there have been other nights, but – Yeah, yeah. It was it, it, it was pretty nuts. Crazy Saturday too, man. I mean, that yes, early, the early slate of games was good. Uh, most I, I watched mostly uh, TCU and Tech because mm-hmm. shocker, like it's it's interesting we get Texas and TCU this week because they're polar opposites of each other. Texas we know can can race out to a big lead uh-huh. and try to hang on to it. TCU for some reason doesn't play well in the first half, then comes out like game busters in the second half. So that's an interesting dynamic, but they took care of business against Tech. Uh, I tried to, I was, I forgot that the Baylor Oklahoma game was on ESPN Plus. Like I'm flipping around trying to find it. I'm like, why can I not find this game? And it was a plus game. So I watched some of that. Uh, watched Tennessee Georgia. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously was glued to. I didn't make the trip to Manhattan, so I was watching, uh, flipping back and forth between the Astros getting it done in the World Series yes. and. Uh, Texas and K-State, but uh, so I, I missed Bama LSU. I had to catch it on the highlight shows, but yeah, it was a really good Saturday at college football. I do think, Craig, Texas at this point, like I said, football in November, relevant football in November is fun, like paying attention to take the coaches poll and the AP poll for what they're worth at this point. Right. Seeing where Texas is going to be ranked and then figuring out, okay, there's some movement in front of them. Where are they going to be when the CFP rankings come out on Tuesday? Because they will be ranked in the CFP rankings again this week. So yeah. relevant football is fun. And I know I know that the big complaint, and I've talked about it as much as anybody, have been the issues that this team has had in the second half of games. Just why does the offense bog down? Why do things flow the way they flow? And I don't want to dismiss any of that because I'm sure Sark will talk about it at the top of the hour. There's still stuff there that's got to get cleaned up. But I do think, Craig, there's something to be said for just clearing that mental hurdle of actually doing something for the first time. Like you're on the road, you beat a ranked opponent, a quality opponent, you do it by making the plays down the stretch that you needed to make. Um, Like I said, I don't want to – diminish the issues at hand because there are issues but and Sark talked about that immediately not only in the press conference but with us on the post game yeah he jumped right to that and talked about it by the same token to your point he said he was very proud of the team for showing the resiliency to be able to stand the test and and uh, come out of it with a win I think I just think think about the first time in life you did anything of significance, right? Yeah. wasn't wasn't perfect, wasn't ideal. Yeah. I think that's kind of the same thing for this team. But now, now that they've done it, they've 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 won a road game against a quality opponent and had to make plays down the stretch to do it. Maybe this is that turning over the new leaf, turning the corner, or whatever expression you want to use. Maybe this is it to get them get them over that that mental block, that hump to say, okay, yeah, we we can actually go out and do this and execute and do the things needed to do to finish off a game on the road. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, a, a shout-out um, to to uh, my brother who I love, Rod Babers, on this. Uh, Roderick does such a great job in, in uh, 
setting things up to do this. Rod, now, now at least for the time being, Rod, message to you. We can retire the purple kryptonite. Uh, phrase for our Texas has won six in a row over Kansas State. Got TCU on Saturday, though. It's an entirely different purple kryptonite, okay? <laughs> That's a, I started to say, if you want to transfer transfer that to TCU, get that completely. I get get that completely. But not even even when Kansas State had Texas number. They didn't. They never won six in a row. No, this is the longest streak by any side in the, the all-time yeah. series between the two. Yep, yeah. so they won six in a row there. But – I'm in full agreement with you, and I'm sure Rod would as well. It's an entirely different group of purple that they're going to be facing uh, this Saturday night because that's a really good TCU team that they're going to have to deal with. But, like, you know, I mentioned this last week, and this will kind of be my theme for the week this week. I said, you know, this team can set itself up for a special November Mm -hmm. if you take care of business on Saturday against Kansas State. Mm -hmm. Now that you did, I was was thinking about something the late, great Augie Garrido said, Craig, when Augie – Augie would talk about mental toughness. Mm -hmm. And I heard him many times say, you know, mental toughness to him was doing the things you need to do so you're able to do the things you want to do. That's right. And they needed to get that win over K-State. Now when you look at it, they're coming back home. Game day's coming to town. An undefeated TCU team probably going to be ranked in the top four in the CFP rankings. You you control your own destiny for a trip to the Big 12 title game. A big home night game, primetime game on ABC. This is this is what you work for. This is why you do everything you do is to have an opportunity like you've got on Saturday, and they've got it now because they took care of business in Manhattan. Um, Will Matthews, of course, uh, lifetime Longhorn, who is our man on the sidelines, was did telling me about the uh, great conversation that Sark had with the team in the locker room. And Sark shared it as well with us, uh, that he said to them, he was very proud of them, uh, like I said, for a lot of the resiliency. And then he and, and talked about, you know, stepping up in a tough hostile. Well, you heard on some of those highlights how loud the crowd was and all that. And then he added, uh, he added now, he said, uh, you know, we're going to enjoy this tonight, but we've got to get back to work tomorrow. He said, we've got to get, get on this thing tomorrow. He said, because of the team that's coming in and, and he added this, we have a path. There is a path. And and there is. There is a there is a path that you just laid out in terms of the title game. And I will also add to you this. Mathematically, mathematically, a loss to TCU wouldn't eliminate them from that if they win the head-to-heads against Kansas and Baylor. No. Mathematically. But – they could take a huge step in that direction, down that path, with a win on Saturday. Because they have tiebreaker over Kansas State, uh, and two other wins, they would have a tiebreaker over Baylor. And they would have the tiebreaker. I don't think Kansas climb back into it, but but I mean, you know, here's Kansas with three losses. Texas would have a third loss if they fell to TCU. Yeah, at that point, Kansas would have four conference losses, though. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, so that would take, they would take right. them out, and then and then Baylor would have the three, and they'd have, like you said, the tie break on Baylor and K State. So the path is there for them, but there's work to be done, and they're they're out there on the field right now trying to get it done on yep. the Monday to get ready for this thing. And when we come back, we'll mm-hmm. talk about speaking of taking care of your business. I've actually got six plays, Craig. Six? Sum up how. Do you have a tie or is it an honorable mention? It's, uh, well, I'm going in chronological order, so yeah. we'll, we'll call it a – the, we'll call the number one spot. We'll call it a tie because they okay. happen so close to each other. That makes Snoop happy. It, it, it really does. And the sequence sure. does make a uh, <laughs> does make an appearance in the five plays that made a difference in the game. There we go. All right, it's a Monday edition of Light the Tower. Uh, and again, of course, Longhorn basketball starts the season tonight. 
as they'll be at the brand-new Moody Center. And uh, we'll be on the air at 7.30 on the horn with a tip-off at 8 o'clock, also on Coke FM, uh, as uh, Texas takes on the Miners of UTEP. And uh, we'll talk more about that uh, coming up in the second hour as well. But the basketball opener is at hand, so we'll uh, – We'll uh, visit with that on down the road and more uh, football coming up in the notebook when we continue with Light the Tower here on the Horn, 104.9, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. This is Light the Tower on the Horn. Craig Way, Jeff Howe with you down on the UT campus. Snoop Daniel back in the studio. What are we rolling back with here, Snoop? You should, you should know this, Craig. It's a little fat pat. Oh, yeah. I thought it sounded familiar. Yeah. Shout out to the Astros for getting it done. Absolutely. Well, H-Town representing on the return cut. Yeah. I had a lot of people ask me, said, hey, you were, you know, a really salty Dodger fan over what happened, you know, back in 17 and all that. How do you feel about this? I said, they earned this. They deserve this. And no, no, um, no ill will harbored or hard feelings or whatever. And, and a special uh, warm feeling for Dusty Baker. Yep. He was – when he played for the Dodgers in the 70s, he was my favorite player. Was he uh, really? Yeah, because I was always an outfielder guy. When I was a kid, Willie Davis was my first favorite. And then he got traded away, and then it became Jimmy Wynn, the toy cannon, when he came over from Houston with the Dodgers. I was always always liked the outfielders. And then it was Dusty Baker. So they, um, I always always uh, liked and admired Rusty, uh, Dusty and, and, and all of the uh, rough rides that he had and the difficulty. You think about when he was uh, – Managing the Giants and they're up five nothing in the in the sixth inning of game or was it six nothing in the fifth inning anyway they're up big yeah. on the Angels in game six when they could have won it uh, over the Angels couldn't get it done there then of course we know what happened in oh three when, when, when he let Russ Ortiz leave with the ball and all that stuff yeah yeah, yeah. and then and, yeah and then uh, when then when he was with the Cubs and then got away there and you know so I mean he's he's had. He's had some difficult experiences as a manager. I'm very happy for him. And, and, and again, lots of friends like yourself and, and, uh, and, and Rod Babers and several others who are, are really uh, dyed-in-the-wool, die-hard Astros fans. And uh, our, our, our producer for, for many years who passed away last year, uh, Bill Harwell, was probably as ardent a Houston Astros fan as I ever knew. He was a Houston baseball fan going back not only when the Astros were playing in the Astrodome, not only when they were the Colt 45s, he went to minor league games of the Houston Buffs. Wow! In the late 50s, with his dad, their little Buff Stadium down there. He went. He went to that. So you know, I every every Astros fan, and I know a lot of them. Uh, I'm I'm happy for them, and 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 really and truly. Um, it, it will will it always kind of be in the back of my mind the what if thing about the Dodgers in seventeen and all that yeah probably to a lesser extent just like with Colt getting hurt there's always going to be that but time marches on and and life I, I've I've learned through personal uh, my own personal difficult and heartbreaking ex- experiences in my life over the past six seven years that that, that life is too short to yeah. dwell on a lot of things especially sports things I, I got mad when the Rams. Uh, gave it away against the Bucks yesterday, but hey, you move on. You know, I tell you, I tell you what was awesome. I uh, there was a stoppage in the Texas game. I forget was it a, a TV timeout or something. There there was an extended stoppage, and I, I was like, okay, I've got a minute, second where I can flip you over. over. I flip over. Alvarez is in the box. I flip over right as he launches that four hundred fifty foot 
bomb that clears the batter's eye. Right into, as Aaron, Aaron Hogan said this morning, right into some dude's nachos up in the, <laughs> uh, the restaurant up there. You know, uh, and, and Aaron said this, I don't know, because I was, you know, obviously dialed into the game and calling the football For game. For sure. That that happened, that moment happened very close to the Jalen Ford uh, uh, was it? it like I said, it, it was right. Yeah. It was right there at the yeah. end of the Texas game yeah. and that home run. They were all within Keandre Coburn knocking the ball minutes of each other. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of such big plays, it is time now for our Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. <laughs> Hey, just for the double fire, Snoop, can we get a little Vuvuzela? Yeah, we got to have some horn if you're going to do the double fire. Okay, yeah. there, there you go. You go. Love y'all. <laughs> Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, your Longhorn lender. Uh, check her out on the web at bowersockteam.com. See if she can do for you what she did for Linda and me is to help us get that home loan approval turned around just like that. After all, she is uh, the person who can make that 10-day home loan approval guarantee. Check her out at bowersock.com. Team.com, B-O-W-E-R-S-O-C-K, BowersockTeam.com. How about one more time for Craig, Snoop, because Craig loves it. I love it. Hit it. There you go. I guess maybe you should do it for LAFC since they won the MLS Cup. Can we, penalties uh, over the Philadelphia Union. Can we get that on to uh, some Learfield broadcasts when Texas scores touchdowns or something? Yeah, probably not. I was just, just, just thinking probably won't happen. Just thought I'd give it, thought I'd ask. Yeah, probably no Vuvuzelas on the long run broadcast. Probably not happen. The dumbest question is the one not asked, correct? I understand. But uh, not asking questions, we're telling about what happened. Uh, I do have six plays yep. that made a difference in the game. I want to go to the first Texas drive. It's third and nine at their own 26. That's a nine-yard pass to Jatavian Sanders. Jeff, why are you telling us about a nine-yard completion <laughs> that converts a first, uh, it was big. A first down on third and nine? That's on the first drive, which ended up being a touchdown drive, the 36-yard B. John Robinson touchdown run. And this will be a key player in these in these plays, Craig. Money downs, we talked about it. Third down, fourth down success rate for both teams. Texas, I talked about it coming into the game. They're one of the worst teams in the country offensively in terms of money down success rate. Kansas State, one of the best defenses in the country on money down success rate. But money downs, Craig, Texas 8 of 16, Kansas State 6 of 14. So Texas took care of their business on money down. And, and for folks who are talking about the second half, and I get it with the defense, K-State was three for their first three on third downs. So they went, would you say they were eight of uh, six of 14? Six of 14, five, so they wound, five of 12 on third down, one of two on fourth downs. Yeah, so they wound up after that three for three start only going uh, three for their last 11. Two for 11. Two for 11, yeah. yeah. Two for their last 11. Uh, next play, we'll go to the second quarter. It's Kansas State ball second and six at the Texas seven-yard line. Didn't get credit for the PBU, but I thought Deshaun Jameson. We've talked about defending slants, red zone coverage, technique in the red zone, all of it for the Texas DBs. Deshaun Jameson does a really good job forcing an incompletion on a slant from Adrian Martinez to Malik Knowles. That forces K-State, Craig, to settle for a field goal. Red zone defense also. Like we talk about, you know, yeah, does the Texas defense have issues? Yeah, absolutely. You give up 329 yards passing that's going to be an issue 139 on the ground you can manage that especially holding deuce vaughn to 73 but and defending the middle of the field in a different way was a big part of it and i got a text from a high school coach who i trust on such matters craig mm-hmm. he texted me in this middle of the second half he's like it's not like martinez is out there dropping dimes this is just bad coverage yeah. but red zone defense was huge k-state four red zone possession craig one touchdown yeah all night so if you're playing good red zone defense 
you're going to give yourself a chance. Uh, that's play number two. Play number three, second quarter, this is the Kansas State drive right after the Roshan Johnson fumble, which talking to Sark about sudden changes and you know maximizing possessions and plus territory, that was going to be one where they would have done it, and it was just kind of like the one step forward, two steps back of this offense sometimes. Uh, Roshan Johnson on the end of a 37-yard run gets the ball punched out, and it's a fumble. So this is going to be third and eight at the Texas 22-yard line. Again, it's a completed pass for six yards, but the pressure, I thought Texas, according to Pro Football Focus, Craig, 32 pressures for Texas in this game. The pressure forces Martinez to rush a throw on a little uh, little drag to Malik Knowles. The pressure allows Ryan Watts to get in position and make the tackle. Tackles him two yards short of the sticks. The very next play is the fourth and two where Jade Barron gets the pass break up in the end zone. But yep. that third and eight play to force a rush throw, get Ryan Watts in position to make the tackle, those are the kind of little plays that add up to the big stuff. Very, very important. Uh, play number four, st- again, still in the second quarter, uh, Texas has the ball at second and seven at the Kansas State 24. This is after the Jalen Ford interception. It's an 11-yard screen pass, a little smoke screen to Savion Red, set up a first and th- a first uh, fr- fresh out of downs, excuse me, at the K-State 13. Again, you had the Jalen Ford interception, and four plays later you get the 13-yard touchdown pass from Quinn Ewers to Xavier Worthy, but that 11-yard smoke screen to Savion Red. Again, talk about can a number three receiver emerge, who's it going to be? We, we saw Brennan Thompson get some opportunities in the Oklahoma State game on Saturday. It was Savion Red, and he came through with a really big 11-yard game for a first down uh, inside the last minute of the half on that uh, last-minute possession before the half to get to help Texas get that 31-10 halftime lead. Play five, we're going to go to the fourth quarter. Uh, this is the Texas drive, and this is a sequence. It's the Texas drive right after the Adrian Martinez to Cade Warner touchdown pass that made it 31-24. Fourth play of the drive, uh, first down for Texas at their own 37. Roshan Johnson gets a five-yard run. That's when Daniel Green's call for the late hit out of bounds. So now you add 15 yards onto that. The very next play, how about defensive holding called on a run play and it works out for Texas? Yeah. Elijah Huggins called for yeah. uh, for defensive holding for pulling Jake Majors to the ground on a six-yard run by Roshan Johnson. So all of a sudden, in the span of two plays, now, all of a sudden, you've got a fresh set of downs at the K-State 43. Or, excuse me, at the K-State 27. So, you're already on the cusp of the red zone thanks to two back-breaking K-State penalties. That ends up being an 11-play, 64-yard drive that bleeds about four and a half minutes off the clock. It ends with the uh, the Bird Auburn field goal. Again, not a touchdown, but you're talking about they cut it to a one-score game. You need to have a response, and with some help from Kansas State, they responded, double-digit play drive, over four minutes, you get points, uh, and it's 34 Uh, 34-24 at that point. Then I want to go to K-State's last scoring drive on the field goal. It's a 13-play, 65-yard drive. Takes over six minutes off of the clock. They had a couple of big third-down conversions in there, including a 16-yard pass from Martinez to Phillip Brooks on third and nine. But Texas holds uh, the big play in that. DeMarvin Overshone and Ovia Gofu combining to dump Adrian Martinez for a two-yard loss on second and goal from the eight. Then pressure forces Martinez to get out of the pocket. His third down pass, he just throws it out of the back of the end zone, and they settle for a field goal. Again, red zone defense for Texas. 
that to me, if I'm Pete Kwiatkowski, that's the one thing I'm hanging my hat on, aside from the turnovers, is how good Texas was playing defense in the red zone on Saturday. So I know that's six plays and it's a couple right. of sequences, but that's the stuff that doesn't necessarily show up on the box score or that scoring plays, turnovers that you remember. Those are the six plays that made a difference in a 34-27 win for the Longhorns. All right, uh, coming up next will be inconceivable when we continue to light the tower on the horn. Uh, 104.9, 101.9, AM 1260. We are live local and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Soccer fans, join national. I don't think it means what you think it means. Well, let's jump right to the inconceivable. Uh, not really inconceivable. Well, one of these things is impacting a, a lifetime Longhorn than the current Longhorns. Frank Reich fired as the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts wow. today. Okay. Uh, so that directly impacts Sam Ellinger after their loss to the Patriots yesterday. And kickoff time for the Kansas game, Craig. Not inconceivable that the six, the <laughs> dreaded six-day selection The dreaded window. and feared six-day window. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the rumble that I'm hearing is that it probably will not be an 11 a.m. kick for Texas-Kansas, but it could be 2.30, could be a night game. I would think a lot of that's going to depend on yep. what happens. No Saturday. doubt. No doubt. Uh, uh, you know, so, yeah, the dreaded six-day selection window. Have you ever done a night game in Lawrence? Not one that started at night. I think, yeah, I think the times I've been up there, they've yeah. either been 11 a.m. or yeah, 2.30. They've been day games, yeah, that, that uh, start, at least started that. Okay, got a couple of things here. Um, you guys like tuna? No. Tuna fish? Yeah. Lord, no. I love it. I, I, I love a good tuna fish mm-hmm. sandwich or tuna salad, you know. But you're, you're not on it then? Uh, okay. Well, then this probably won't really affect you. But lately, there have been uh, several tunas caught off the coast of Australia. And I can't really explain what's going on because there's these, like, perfect holes that are in them. Like they were done with a cookie cutter, you know? And they're going, what in the world is going on like with these cigarette holes? burns. Yeah. Uh, they're they're big size holes. Come to find out, there's a breed of a shark that is referred to as a cookie cutter shark. And that's how it bites. In Just precise perfect, perfect circles like that? Yep. In perfect circles. So it's out there. So if you have a perfect circle bitten out of you, you'll know it'll it'll be, you know. Weren't they a, on a your shark. music survey, Snoop? Perfect circle? Yes. I think they were. I think they were. Ab- absolutely. I think you're exactly right. Uh, nobody won the Powerball as we know over the weekend. So you ready for the one tonight? Still got a chance, boys. $1.9 billion. $1.9 billion. Snoop. Just letting you know. You still saying that you would come to work the next day if you wanted? Yes. I'm guessing not. I'm get. I, I'm guessing you'd come in to say goodbye. No, I That's would buy this place all new stuff, too. <laughs> nice of you. Okay. Um, got a, got something else here. We got a guy out in California over the weekend that says his home was destroyed 
but what he by what he called a flaming basketball. Said he got struck by a flaming basketball. home in Nevada County, California, right near Sacramento. House caught fire, and several witnesses saw a bright ball of light falling from the sky. And he said it was this flaming basketball. I heard a big bang. I started to smell smoke. I went onto my porch, and it was completely engulfed in flames, bright ball of light. And so then they asked the guy. His name was Dustin Proceda. They said, yeah, it wasn't a basketball. It was a meteor because there was a meteor shower that happened. Uh, he said, I've watched meteor showers and stuff as a kid, but I definitely didn't look forward to them landing in my yard or falling through my roof. I did not see what it was, but from everybody I talked to, it was a flaming ball falling from the sky and landed in that general area. So no truth to the rumor that the flaming basketball had a 23 engraved in it or anything like that. Nah, probably not, did it? Those of you who are big Michael Jordan fans would probably they would get that, I guess. Um, and then finally, uh, I think I asked both of you this question. Neither of you have been to Disney World, correct? Nope. nope. And and all right. And and I've talked about how different things have been happening at Disney World. Well, now the latest thing happened at Disney World: apprehension of a fugitive. Uh, federal officer, a federal official, Jeff Andre, was vacationing at the Animal Kingdom at Walt Disney World, and he spotted a man who looked familiar, and he said, no, I've seen that guy. Then he had it checked out. 31-year-old Quashon Burton, who authorities said went on the run in New York City last November after allegedly using fraudulent documents to obtain coronavirus relief aid. How about that? Oh, boy. Still got people uh, doing that sort of thing. So a criminal complaint alleged that Burton stole the identities of at least four people to get nearly $150,000 in government loans aimed at struggling businesses during the pandemic. That's not as bad as that dude that was uh, that you had an inconceivable with fleecing people out of three million was going to hand it over to Dick Vitale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, that dude get the cauldron ready for that guy. Yeah, this guy. By the way, text line. Thank you for the NBA Jam references on the flaming basketball. There you go. Uh, uh, so this federal official, Jeff Andre, said, that guy looks familiar. And they checked it out. He was familiar with the suspect as an inspector with the United States Postal Inspection Service. He was involved in the case and had signed Burton's arrest warrant. So in this incredible stroke of luck, in a theme park, here's a guy walking around, probably got Mickey Mouse ears on. I don't know about that. But he sees him. He happened to be vacationing on the same day there in Disney World, so he notified the local Orange County Sheriff's Office, and it began a process that ended with Burt behind bars, all because two men's overlapping vacations at the happiest place on earth. Uh, so, I nailed it. Able to get somebody at Disney World. Just hanging out on the teacups, yeah. and you're in the slammer. That's it. Next thing. That's how it goes. All right. So, there it is. There's your uh, inconceivable for this Monday. Coming up, top of the hour, we'll bring you Coach Sark's weekly news conference here on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local and digital, the Horn app and hornfm.com. 
soccer fans. Join we're headed upstairs through standby. Commentator Glenn Davis every Monday on Soccer Matters at 7 p.m. Presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm.